0: It just starts with content so you have to write and one of the biggest things really is making the article engaging like I always tell our writers that no matter how valuable an article is if people aren't you know they don't enjoy reading that piece they're not going to stick around and they're not going to be able to extract that lesson.
1: Welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers. I think we can all agree that it's nice when you get paid for something that you've written. Hi there, my name is Brian Collins and welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast. And getting paid for writing is something that I talk a lot about on the show and on my site because one of my missions is to help you get paid as a writer or as a creative. Why? Well, you see, about 10 or 15 years ago, I studied to become a journalist and I spent a couple of years after I graduated journalism college working as a journalist in Ireland. I wasn't a particularly good one, but I did manage to find some pain work. And I remember when I found my first job as a freelance technology writer for a broadsheet in Ireland, a Sunday broadsheet, and I wrote articles like roundups of the latest printers that business people should buy and also articles about topics like CRM software and business tools and so on. So it was quite dry, but you know it paid. And I remember when I got my first paycheck from the broadsheet and seeing their logo on the payslip, I felt like I'd made it. I was finally a journalist. I was finally getting paid to write. Then about 18 months later, the recession happens. This is the one back in 2008, not the one in 2020 related to the coronavirus. And eventually my freelance contract dried up and I found myself out of work or at least out of freelance contracts. And I had to find work in a different profession in social care of all places. And I said to myself back then that I didn't want to be in the kind of position where I was overly dependent on a freelance client. But I also wasn't quite sure about how to earn a living as a writer online. And to be honest, I'd say looking back, at least in 2008, it was more difficult to earn a living as a non-fiction writer in that I was overly focused on writing for newspapers and publications and so on. Whereas these days, if you're starting out, you have plenty more opportunities thanks to the internet. For example, it's much more easy to write and self-publish a book now than back in 2008. And even back when I published or self-published my first book five years ago. And that's thanks to great tools like Vellum and services like Reedsy. It's also or to earn a living from writing or freelance writing thanks to Medium because you can publish an article on Medium and if you join the Medium Partner Program and it does well, you can easily earn a couple of hundred dollars for that article in question. Now, what if you're starting out? What if you've no portfolio? What if you have no followers on Medium? Is it too late? Well. I would say no, because Medium is the number one platform for nonfiction writers today who want to find readers, even if you don't have any, and you can get paid well for doing it. Adrian Drew is the editor and owner of one of Medium's top publications, Mind Cafe, which I've been lucky enough to write for over the past year or two, about topics like mindfulness and meditation. Now, his publication focuses on personal development, and he regularly receives over 200 submissions a week. So I was quite curious about how an editor can manage so many different submissions and what they look for before they actually agree to publish something. So in this week's interview, Adrian explains how to get started writing and earning on Medium, even if you have no followers. And he talks about what top editors usually look for when they receive a submission. He also explains how much you can expect to earn as a member of the Medium Partner Programme and what types of images and tags you should use for your articles and if you're not quite familiar with what tags are don't worry we actually walk through step by step how to write and publish an article on medium towards the end of the interview adrian also talks about how to drive traffic to and attract readers of your articles there's lots more we cover in the interview but before we get into it if you enjoyed the become a writer today podcast please can you leave a short review or rating on the itunes store or wherever you're listening to the show, because more reviews and more ratings will help more people or more listeners find the Become A Writer Today podcast. Now with that, over to Adrian. And I started by asking him why he set up the publication Mind Cafe in the first place. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's a long
0: story. I'll try to shorten it down. But I mean, I've always had a passion for self-improvement and happiness and that kind of thing. And, you know, through a diff- like various different personal struggles that I went through last year, I decided that you know, with all of the things that I've been reading and researching and learning about happiness, you know, I wanted to share that with a wider audience rather than just writing my own articles and sharing those. And yeah, I guess that's kind of where it, all, where it began. And yeah, things have just grown really fast since then. So things are going well, but we're just a self-improving publication about
1: happiness and, and all that good stuff. So my takeaway from writing on Medium is that the self-improvement genre is probably one of the biggest genres on Medium alongside perhaps entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's
1: huge, huge. I mean, I think a lot of writers
0: are kind of disheartened by how popular it is because it can be harder to break into as a niche, yeah. but it's yeah, massive. That entrepreneurship and a few other things, yeah. Why do you think it's so popular on Medium? I think if I'm honest, I think it's because it's a very accessible topic because yeah, I, I do believe that every single person has something they can share about happiness. Like for you, it might be meditation that helps you. For me, it might be something else. Yeah. And I think self-improvement is something that anyone can tap into. Whereas something like politics or biology, you know, not anyone can write about that. So I think it's more like everyone feels a personal connection to that industry. And therefore, yeah, they have a passion to share information.
1: So if somebody wants to get started on Medium... Could you give them a few tips that can help them write an, an article that they could get ready to submit to a publication? Gosh, yeah. How do I condense that answer?
0: There's so many. I mean, I think, I think step one is obviously you just have to write. You know, so many people look for a key and, and a, a little secret that's going to you know, get them into a publication or get them an audience. Um, it just starts with content. So you have to write. And one of the biggest things really is making the article engaging. Like I always tell our writers that no matter how valuable an article is, if people aren't, you know, they don't enjoy reading that piece, they're not going to stick around and they're not going to be able to extract that lesson. So I think you have to read everything from another person's perspective and ask yourself, is this interesting? You know, every sentence, is this, is this keeping people interested? And if it isn't, then understand that you're going to lose people. So it's all about really just seeing your work through other people's eyes and just editing the hell out of it. Like read, reread, read again and keep changing things. You know, keep, keep
1: working on it. Storytelling seems to be a key for any of the self improvement articles that I've read that have done really well. Like, basically, the writer seems to relate a principle to something that they've done or experienced.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think every article is a story, whether it's fiction or not. You know, it could be anything, but it is a story because you're taking a reader on a journey and, you know, you force them to ask questions in the beginning of an article, just as you would in, like, um, you know, like a thriller. And yeah. You promise to answer those by the end of the article. And it's a story because you have to make it interesting. You have to include bits about you and other people and introduce characters. So I think that's why they do well. You know, people love that.
1: So in terms of Mind Cafe itself, do you have a team that helps you or, or are you running it solely? So yeah, I have a team. So it's, it's been me and
0: uh, my co-editor, Reed Rawlings, since near the beginning uh, for about a year. And then I also have um, another editor, Jordan, Submissions manager John, and we just brought on um, social media marketing intern as well.
1: Okay, fantastic. And could you give me an idea of how many submissions you get on a given week? Yeah, I'd say average
0: per week is at least 200. Um, wow. But it, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, sometimes we can do that in like a couple of days. So it really varies, yeah. but it's a lot. It's a lot.
1: What does your process look like for getting through so many submissions? So
0: we have a few different stages. So stage one is people submit an article through um, our form, which will then go to John, our submission manager. Yeah. So if John rejects the piece, he'll let you know and it's gone. Uh, if he accepts it, then you'll get added as a writer to Mind Cafe, where you can then submit the article internally for myself, Jordan, or Reed, um, our editorial team, to review it again. Um, At that point, it might still be turned down, but you're in as a writer at that point. And then, if you're accepted by by them or by myself, then we'll copy edit your work, maybe change up the photo, the headline, and then publish it.
1: And how many articles would you publish on a given day? So, our range is seven to 10 per day. Yeah, that's quite a lot. It is
0: a lot, you know, and we could definitely do more. But I just, you know, I feel that that's already so much. And it's, it's a shame to have to turn down so much content. Seven to 10 seems to be like the happy middle ground between enough and too much.
1: And in terms of, or a question new writers often have is, like who will own the article when they, they publish it on Medium? That's a really good question. I, I, as far as I'm aware,
0: they, they retain all the rights to their work. So we don't take those rights. And I'm pretty sure Medium don't have them either.
1: Yeah, I think that's my understanding as well. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why I recommend uh, writing on Medium compared to other publications, because um, it's a way to get started yeah. without necessarily having to worry about copyright. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the Medium Partner Program and I get an email that Medium Partner Program members get each month talking about earnings of writers. But would you be able to just you know, give a rough idea of how much the, the top Medium writers can earn per month when they're in the Partner Programme? yeah yeah well you know as an editor we we can
0: see all of the stats for each of our stories so looking at some of our best performers some singular articles that i've seen have earned upwards of eight thousand dollars for one article and then there are others that might average say i mean some some will get two dollars like it's such a range but i think a writer with enough work and some luck and everything else can definitely expect to get like a few thousand a month from Medium, you know, if they really put in the grind. But yeah, some guys are earning like eight, ten, fifteen k a month. So it's a really
1: diverse kind of pool. But um, yeah, there are people doing it. And I read an article in Medium recently that says that the earnings are skewed more towards writers who've been on the platform for a while because they've built up larger followings. Do you find that's the case, or is it possible for somebody to still break through? I think it certainly provides those writers
0: with an advantage. But the truth is that followers don't, you know, while they help, I think it's, it's less about the follower count and more about that writer's external audience, like their mailing list and the other things they've built up. So it's definitely like the people that have got hundreds of thousands of followers on Medium now have been around for a long time. So they've built that audience and they got in at the beginning. There are some exceptions to that rule. But I think the truth is that the follower count isn't really the, um, the main thing It's more about how your story performs today,
1: you know, and
0: also how much you're doing externally to drive people to that story.
1: So what tactics would you recommend a writer do to drive traffic to their story? So mailing list is is still a big one. You know, as much as people think the whole mailing list
0: model is dead, it certainly isn't. You know, you can add a CTA to every medium article as well. invites people to join that. Then your social media. There are some creative things you can do with graphics and, you know, create little infographics of stories and put them on, say Pinterest or Instagram. You know, those are the two main ones. And then the, the third one is is really just networking. Like networking is going to be your superpower in this industry. And really just reaching out to new people, chatting with them, you know, supporting other people by clapping their stories, following them, you'll get that back. If you're an active player in your community, you're going to be supported in return. So I think those three are the biggest for me.
1: Yeah, that's been my experience that if if you engage with Other writers, they would engage with you, definitely. Yeah. So it seems like you mentioned an interesting tactic there about building a mailing list through medium. Seems like some of the most high-profile medium writers over the past few years have done that, and they've gone on to do other things like getting a book deal and so on. I think Mm -hmm. one person who springs to mind is Benjamin Hardy. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to build a mailing list through medium, what would be a way to do it? Well, I think the the first thing is to choose a
0: platform. So Mailchimp, for example, is free. So you set yourself up on there. And then decide what kind of content or what kind of value you're going to provide with that mailing list. So are you going to send out a weekly, you know, just a weekly email with different tips on a certain topic or like a roundup of all of your content? You have to decide what how you're going to provide value and then literally just promote that. Like at the end of every Medium article, you're allowed to add like a call to action that says, hey, sign up here without jeopardizing your chances of being curated. So... Just like that, you know, it's about providing value and then putting that value in front of people and watching it grow. And it takes time, but patience, commitment, you know, it will happen.
1: Mm. So the focus of Mind Cafe is personal development. But if we dig a bit deeper into it, what type of personal development topics are quite popular at the moment?
0: Yeah, I mean, it changes depending on a lot of things. I'd say the main one that we cover is we get a lot about mindfulness, productivity, and it yeah. works well, to be fair. But at the moment, it's all about coronavirus. <laughs> and, yeah. it, and New Year's Eve, it was all about New Year's resolutions. So it does change based upon trends. But generally, it's those three. And then really, like, it can be anything under the umbrella of self-improvement. And it's such a wide area that I don't like to restrict our output to any particular you know, topic, because I think that the purpose of this is to teach people to reach their full potential. And that isn't necessarily about one thing for one person, you know? So yeah, it can be
1: varied. It can be more specific sometimes. And the actual publication itself, Mind Cafe, how did you come up with the name? I just think it's a great name for what it's about. <laughs> yeah, a few people me this. I obviously
0: don't know. Like I spent a good three days, just like brainstorming ideas. And on the third day, it kind of just popped to mind. I mean, I've been in various bands for quite a while as a musician and we've always had to like do this horrible thing of trying to come up with the name. It takes forever and eventually yeah. you just kind of land on something. So I think it's a case of just thinking about everything that relates to your, your topic and then everything that relates to those words and then just trying to pull something together. You know? I think it just mm. kind of comes to you sometimes as well.
1: Yeah, kind of like a headline, <laughs> yeah, uh, Exactly. Yeah, which actually brings me to my next question. Headlines are incredibly important on Medium. Do you have any tips that you'd recommend for writing a good headline? Yeah, yeah. So be wary of clickbait on Medium because any
0: headline that's very clickbaiting, you know, like this one thing will transform your life or whatever, like anything like yeah. that won't be curated. You know, they okay. don't like that. You know, that's, that's in their guidelines anyway. But as for coming up with a headline in general, I mean, don't make it too long. You know, don't make it longer than two lines, because otherwise it just looks like a lot to read. Don't make it like punchy, you know, make sure that it invites the reader to discover that one little thing that you're going to teach them by the end of the uh, the article. And yeah, make it interesting. Like I had one, the title was, I think, this is why nobody's reading your articles or something like that. Now. You know, maybe that's a bit clickbait. I don't know. But it's something that interests a lot of people because it's, it's a common issue that people face. So if you can kind of play upon that issue, they're going to read it and be like, oh, I was struggling with that. Maybe I should yeah. read this. You know? Yeah.
1: You've got to get in people's heads a
0: little bit and try and figure out what
1: they're trying to learn. Yeah. I think I'm looking at that article. Actually, the three reasons were overcomplicating things, using boring sentences and delivering a weak introduction. What was your background in writing before you, you set up Mind Cafe? So I didn't go to university. I studied English language at A level,
0: but you know I, I'm not sure if that really counts so much. And then, literally at 16, like before I even left sixth form, I just went straight into uh, like a freelance job in writing and just found yeah. it online. Then used that to get a lot of others, and then by 18 I was earning like a decent amount of money just from doing that. Then started writing on Medium. We you know probably around the same age. Um, yeah then set up mind cafe and, and yeah a few years later here we are
1: freelancing can be difficult but um yeah yeah it's Again. great to be able to turn it into a a business you're 100 focused now on mind cafe
0: yeah yeah 100
1: okay you also mentioned there about curation so would you be able to to walk listeners through what curation is and how it works
0: yeah, yeah. So on Medium, you know, it's their responsibility as a platform to make sure that everyone paying their five pounds gets to see good content, you know, content that's going to genuinely help them. And the way that they, you know, kind of so what like regulate that is through curation. So it's a system whereby a team, of, yeah, a team of curators will sit and read hundreds of articles on Medium every day, and they will decide if each individual piece should be curated which essentially just means that it will be, more people will see it, like it will have the opportunity to reach more people by being featured on, say, like the email digest or on the, maybe even the homepage or in different tags. And that's kind of like, you know, it's a thing, curation is something that you'll hear a lot of people talk about on media, it's something that everyone kind of chases because it's almost like the key. It's like the, um, like the initial spark that yeah. will get an article going. And then if it's really good and people like it, it will do really well. But without that spark, it's quite difficult to reach people. Because without yeah. curation, the article will only reach your followers and your audience. And if that's quite small, it's very hard to grow. So it's uh, it's important.
1: Are there any other guidelines that Medium has that we should follow if we want to get curated? Like firstly, avoid clickbait headlines. Is there anything else?
0: Yeah, quite, they've got a detailed list on their site. I mean, it's things like if you're making claims of like, you know, of people do this. It's like, well, you know, who says? So you have to back your claims with evidence. Yeah. You know, and they're they're very hot on, like rigorous articles. You know, it's a word they use a lot. It's, they want people to be providing like in-depth articles on specific subjects rather than quite thin overviews, you know, and takeaways as well. You know, they they want, especially in self-improvement, they want people to provide clear, actionable takeaways, which is what we do at Mind Cafe. So, you know, if you're going to read my article, what are you going to get from it? And is that obvious? Or is it just like a throwaway sentence that says, go and meditate for five minutes? You know, like, what do you gain? And yeah. is it trustworthy? Like, do I come across as like a credible source of authority, somebody that is in a good position to give this information? Or have I just made it up? You know, it is mm. just I'm completely made up. So it's all about, yeah, just, just making sure that you're like providing genuine value. And that, yeah, I guess that's, that's all it comes down to
1: really. You mentioned there about thin articles versus longer articles. Is there a particular length that works quite well or, or does it depend on the topic? Well, I'd say it's less
0: about length and more about thickness, maybe. I, I don't know, like it's, you could have a three minute article that's still really in depth, but it covers quite a small subject. So it's more about yep. however long the article is, like, are you giving that area, you know, decent, you know, a decent amount of coverage, you know, are you really exploring that topic and length. I mean, I wouldn't like to say whether they prefer shorter or longer articles. I mean, I do think with a longer article, you have more of an opportunity to go more in depth. So maybe try and lean more towards longer pieces.
1: So you mentioned there about traffic sources for the articles. So when I log into my uh, dashboard on Medium, I can see how, how much each article earned and how much traffic got over the past few months and the sources. So apart from getting curated, what are some other high traffic sources that, that you would see for the top articles? Yeah, that's a good question. You mean for, for within My Cafe, right? Within My Cafe, like for example, should somebody optimize their article for search? Like, does, does that work or should they, uh, Okay, is there some other thing they could do? Good question. I mean,
0: to be honest, I, I'm not entirely sure because we personally aren't involved in that, like the optimization side of things. But again, like social media is a really big one. Like, I mean, yeah. we were two and a half million views for this month and, And on the last uh, traffic report we got, they told us that I think it was like 2%, for example, came from LinkedIn. And like LinkedIn is a platform that we've posted on. Like at the time, we maybe posted like four times in the past six months. So we weren't active there at all. Yet 2% of 2.5 million is a lot of people. So it made me think that, wow, like even that is bringing people to our platform. So I think every avenue that you explore is worth its weight in gold. And you know you should try and explore that as much as possible. It's all about off-platform. Who can you bring in? And then Medium kind of takes care of the internal stuff. That makes mm. sense.
1: What about tags? Is there any approach to tags a writer could follow?
0: Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, to be honest, I don't think that there's. Could be wrong here, but I'm not sure how much weight tags hold anymore. I mean, now that like things are curated based on topics, and you don't even have like before at the top of Medium they would have like a section for self or like work or whatever. And you could click on those and see articles within that tag. Whereas yeah. now I, I don't see that. And it's not like, it's more difficult to scan through a particular tag on Medium. So I think how you tag your articles is still important, like still make the effort to make sure they're appropriate, but it's not that important. You know, there's no like, you can use tags to, Improve the performance of an article, if that makes
1: sense. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't considered that. Yeah. So, Medium has a, a great tool that brings in uh, imagery and photographs directly into the piece. That's fine to use without copyright issues. But, but one of the issues I've had with that is that a lot of images get overused mm-hmm. because it'll be the first image that appears when you click the search button. So, how could somebody find a good image for their piece or for their article? Because it's definitely important if you're going to use it on social media. Yeah, true. I'd say tip one is
0: just don't, don't go for the first one that comes up. We have a lot of people, uh, maybe an article is about love. And so I'll I'll try and find like a replacement image on Unsplash, search love and see that the first picture on there is the one that they've used. That oh, something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's just these generic photos and they're fine. But try and think outside the box. So what I like to do is I always use Unsplash, but I'll, I'll go on there, search a word, and then actually click onto Collections. And look at the different collections people have created, and then try and find something that's still on brand because we try and maintain the same kind of, kind of scheme, but something that's a bit more like you know esoteric and that people aren't going to see straight away. So it's a case of, I mean, if you read a lot, then you'll see the kinds of images that people use all the time,
1: and then you just try and avoid those, go for things that are a bit more unique. Yeah, is on splash? Is that the image source that Medium use, or are you using that separately to so what Medium have? I think a
0: lot of mediums come from either individual illustrators or okay yeti images i see a few from there so they're paid for what i understand as unsplash but they're all just free available to the public okay very good
1: and what about the email distribution of mind cafe like i noticed you have a an email course that readers can sign up and get Are, are you sending out your own digest or have you moved over now to the mediums newsletter So at the moment, we're sticking with our own
0: digest. And so we use that. We have our free course, which is like a 10-day reset your mind kind of thing. And then after that's done, subscribers will get a different email from a different member of our team every week. And it will be a short, like 250-word tip on a different topic. So just something nice and simple. So that's how we kind of continue to market our stuff. Uh, We did to just use letters within Medium. But for me personally, like, you know, treating this more as a, as a business. I think it's important that we also have our own mailing list. And so, yeah, that's why I decided to stick with that for now.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. This is a two-edged question, but why do you think some writers fall off Medium and some publications maybe fall by the wayside?
0: I think it could be one of two things. I think big writers that decide to move off are probably doing so because they maybe you know, maybe their, their goals have changed or they see... You know, maybe a more like financially stable outlet to pursue, you know, like uh, Zamrana, for example, recently moved off medium, which you might be aware of. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's one reason it is to sort of pursue other things that might be more long term, you know, kind of projects. And I think the other reason is if people are at the other end of the spectrum where they're not getting the traction they want, they're not getting the earnings they want, they might just give up and decide to go elsewhere. So, could be either really
1: and what about publications uh, like i noticed some big publications from four or five years ago aren't, aren't around anymore
0: i think some of them again maybe found better options and decided to pursue like patreon or you know something else. yeah i think some moved off i picture the mission I might be wrong here but i think the mission when basically medium used to curate articles even if they were free to read whereas now yeah they have to be members only to be curated. And when they made that change about a couple of years ago, I think a lot of publications thought, oh, wow, we, we don't want to restrict our audience by saying, you have to become a member now to read our stuff. So they just kept publishing free to read stuff and yeah. essentially suffocated their publication because they weren't getting curated anymore. And then mm. eventually thought, okay, let's go somewhere else.
1: So yeah. I think, yeah, sometimes people build their audience and they're like, this would be more better as like a podcast or you know, a YouTube channel. And and Hacker Noon is one that comes to mind. Uh, they were a popular yeah. publication on Medium about technology and cryptocurrency and, and so on, but they moved off to their own site. Right. What do they do now? Well, they're they're still going, but they are they're just moved off Medium onto HackerNoon.com, I think it is. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, because they were one of the biggest, if
0: I remember rightly. Yeah, so a lot of people do that, to be fair, which makes sense.
1: Yeah. So you also talked there about pursuing other opportunities, like Zat Rana, who you talked about, uh, or, or perhaps a stack. Uh, he, I know he's a newsletter on Substack now, so he—that's a platform for monetizing a your own personal newsletter. But is it possible for a writer to earn like a full-time income on Medium? And if to do that, do they need to publish every week or every day?
0: Um, it's definitely possible. Yeah, I mean, you can earn. Some people earn a very decent amount of money from Medium, and I'd say, yeah, you have to publish a lot, like a lot. You know, you have some people like perhaps Ryan Holiday who publish. Less frequently, but everything they publish is gold, and it just does incredibly well. I think other people resort more to if I publish once, even twice a day, then the their earnings will kind of be balanced out because some of those won't do so well, but some will go viral. So then, you know, by doing seven a week, they kind of, you know, it's like match betting and we <laughs> weird kind of yeah. so they're covering their, you know, the, the risk. I think it's definitely definitely possible to earn a full time income. It's just question of how stable all that income be um Mm. you know things change things kind of fluctuate on this platform so yeah i think it's always wise to to build your own audience as well
1: so does an article have a lifespan on medium or can it go for months
0: um i mean i've got articles of my own i think my best performing one is called the three pillars of happiness and that now still still gets like you know i don't know how many views but it still brings in like couple of hundred dollars of revenue a month, um, as do a couple of others and I wrote that two years ago. so some will last for a month and die <laughs> Like some some will never even you know be born in the first place and others will live for a very long time. so I don't know what determines that you know mm. John our submissions manager for example, had an article picked up by Google and they created uh, like a Google snippet which means that it now consistently gets a good like 80 or so views a day. So things like that can influence long-term performance, but really I, I'm not sure if there's a pattern. So it just depends. I mean, if, think if you write content that's evergreen as well, you know, something about coronavirus that's relevant today, people won't be reading that in two years. But yep. if it's about business or, or life or self, then they will. So another question to ask, I guess.
1: Mm. What about duplicate content? So if you published an article in one place and then you publish it somewhere else, is, is, is that something to worry about? It can be. I know Medium have an article
0: about this, which um, the way that they cover that is by, I think they they keep one of the articles as what they call the canonical link. Maybe I'm saying that, yeah. I don't know, which essentially means that that is like the, with regards to SEO, if somebody Googled, say, the three pillars of happiness, only what like if it was a duplicate article, only one of them would show up, and it, Google kind of recognizes that one is like the original source, the other isn't copied, but it's you know just a, a syndicated version. So if you do it wrong, like you know, I, I'm not I'm not really the guy to ask, it. I don't know, but I think if you if you mess it up completely and, and end up like cross-publishing in random places, you will damage your SEO. Um, mm. But yeah, I know they've got they've got documents on that, so it's worth a look before doing it for sure.
1: So if a new writer wants to start on Medium and you know they, they would like to write for a publication like Mind Cafe, what kind of things should they do before they get ready to to fill in your form or to submit? So you mean once they've written the article? Well, let's say they, they haven't even an account on Medium. So they've oh, set right. up their account and they've zero followers, zero articles. Like, What steps should they go through before they, they start applying for publications? So, yeah, good question.
0: So step one is set up an account, you know, with, with a decent bio, I'd say, and a decent profile yeah. picture because that's going to make a difference. Then step two is, is sign up for the Medium Partner Program, which essentially just means that you're eligible to earn money from your stories because without that, you essentially you won't get curated and we won't accept pieces that aren't um, members only. So that's step two. And then step three is write the articles within Medium or, or even just paste it into Medium. And then edit it heavily, you know, really make sure that it meets our guidelines, but also that it's good, like it's interesting, it's engaging, that it provides value. And then formatting is a big one as well. So you want to make sure that the piece is structured properly. So the headline is formatted as a headline and it has a subtitle and there's a picture and that picture is credited because if even like if silly things like if you, have, if you don't credit your photo, you won't get accepted to most publications because yep. we can't publish that kind of content. Everything has to be credited. And you know, once that's all written, then it's a case of for us in particular, you submit through a form which asks about you and the article. And then you wait and we know within five days, if it's accepted, we'll get back to you. And if not, we often won't get back to you simply because we have so much stuff to deal with. And that's it, really.
1: Yeah. Is it okay to do that? even if I don't have a large following or I haven't published many articles on Medium?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I won't, I won't lie here and say that people's followings don't influence our decisions. They're not, they're not a key factor. But if someone has, say, 20,000 followers already, you know, John might look at that and think, okay, well, this person's probably doing something right. So you know, it's, um, it's more likely to get in. But we also publish people that have maybe 10 followers whose content is just really good. And we like yeah. to do that because then it feels that we're helping them grow and get the recognition yeah. that they deserve. So really, it's about the content, but a follower account will help. It's not essential though. Okay.
1: So Adrian, where can people find out more information about Mind Cafe? So we have our website,
0: which is mindcafe.co. And on there, you can hear more about our story. You can learn more about our team and everything else. And then within Medium, you can read all of our articles as well. So yeah, yeah either of those spaces or our socials, we're on. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So,
1: yeah, any of those. Okay. Out of curiosity, how come you picked .co for the extension?
0: Um, I think at the time it was a case of .com wasn't available, and yeah. I kind of like .co anyway. I like how yeah. mycareer.co. Like it's just so easy. You know, it's so yeah. easy to type that in, and it's so short. So it, I kind of yeah,
1: I'm happy with it. Maybe I'll buy .com one day, but yeah. <laughs> I think it would cost me a lot. So we'll see. You know, a dark .coffee or dot cafe as well <laughs> so you can look into that oh like mine dot cafe I, I think there is yeah there's an extension for dot cafe and dot coffee might be worth looking at uh, anyway, anyway it, was, it was great to talk to you today Adrian yeah you too thanks for having me on I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode if you did please leave a rating on the iTunes store and if you want to accomplish more with your writing please visit com forward slash join and I'll send you a free email course